if anybody doesn't know me, I'm Amy Daly. I am Pastor Jason's wife. I am also the children's director here at Madison Assembly, and I love working with the kids. Y'all make me a little nervous. <laughs> so if it feels like a kid's service, just excuse me up front. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> Let me talk about Ladies' Day real quick, though. Ladies, join us next Sunday for Ladies' Day Out. That's our Christmas outing for all of us ladies. Um, it's a great day of fun. We go down to Little Golden Fox. We do a craft. Um, we do some downtown shopping, dinner. We're going to come back here for desserts and games this year. So if you're available next Sunday and want to join us, all my girls are coming to join us. Bring your teenagers. Bring your um, girls. And it'll just be a great day of fellowship and fun together. Out in the foyer at the welcome desk, there is a sign-up sheet. And it just asks which parts of the day you plan on attending Um, If you could just let us know that, we need to let Little Golden Fox know how many we have coming for the craft item. Um, It's actually a decoupage tree. It's actually really cool. So um, join us for that. And so there's my plug for that. I'd love to have you join me for that next week. So, um, all right, let's get on to our movie. So our movie for today is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. How many of you have seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, not very many of you? Yeah. How many of you have seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer this year? That's probably much less of us, right? Right? Well, let me give you some fun facts about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the movie, before we get into our message. So Sam the Snowman, the one that narrates the entire movie, his um, pocket watch never changes time. Two o'clock through the whole movie. Um, All the human characters in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer only have four fingers, a thumb and three fingers. (laughs) This is a good one. Yukon Cornelius, his sled is pulled by a poodle, a cocker spaniel, a St. Bernard, a Dachshund, and a collie. That's quite a team. (laughs) The production of the Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer actually took place in three different countries. It was the United States, Canada, and Japan. Some of the um, voiceovers and things were done in other countries besides where it was recorded at. Um, Rudolph did not revisit, I thought this was very interesting, Rudolph did not revisit the Island of Misfit Toys in the original broadcast. That scene was later added after there was a letter campaign protesting that he hadn't been back there. I thought that was pretty interesting that long ago. (laughs) Um, There were 22 different little sets that were built to create Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Here's one for you math people, you numbers people. It takes 24 frames to create one second of a filmed animation. So those of you that are trying to figure that out, for this 43-minute movie, it took 76,320 frames to create it. Um, Rudolph is actually voiced by a woman who was 43 years old when she did Rudolph. Um, Little known fact, her name is actually misspelled in the credits. Um, A couple things about the misfit toys during the ending scene when Santa starts giving the misfit toys out to the boys and girls. The um, train who had square wheels on its caboose, the caboose is no longer there, (laughs) so the square wheels are gone. Also, the misfit bird who doesn't fly suddenly flies out of Santa's sack and off to his waiting child, so he learned to fly somewhere. Lastly, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has been broadcast on television for almost 60 years, holding the record for the longest-running television special. The original airing occurred on December 6, 1964, 
at 5.30 p.m. Anybody remember that? You don't have to admit it. You don't have to admit it. (laughs) It is the longest running um, TV special ever. And so lots of us have seen it. Lots of us know it. And so you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph. Yes, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So that was a very redundant, just-to-be-funny kind of question, because obviously we all know Rudolph. He's the misfit reindeer who, in the end, saved Christmas and had a movie made about him, right? But do we really know Rudolph's story? Today we're going to dive into some of the details of Rudolph's story, because if you pay close attention, there's really so much more to Rudolph's story. Rudolph's story isn't all glory and excitement as we know it. Let me remind you how the whole thing actually started. Let's watch how the movie begins. If I live to be a hundred, I'll never be able to forget that big snowstorm a couple of years ago. The weather closed in and, well, you might not believe it, but the world almost missed Christmas. Yes, it was the biggest snowstorm the world had ever seen. It made headlines everywhere across the world and through all the newspapers. But guess what? None of those headlines included Rudolph. None of those headline stories were about Rudolph. It was about the giant snowstorm that was coming that was going to shut the world down. So let's see how Rudolph came to be a part of those headline stories. Today, as we talk about Rudolph, there's lots of parts of the story that we could talk about. We could talk about Rudolph's bright, shining nose that we all know about and what a you know, tragedy that seemed to be when he was born. We could talk about the misfit toys that didn't really seem to fit in anywhere and that were just different than everybody else. We could talk about the abominable snowman that they called Bumbly and how he was their, you know, fear and it was their trial and their tribulation that they went through. Or what about Yukon Cordelius? Just the funny guy that's there with his dog sled, right? There's lots of things in the story of Rudolph that we could talk about. Today we're going to talk, though, about how in the same way that the author of Rudolph's story, Robert May, penned Rudolph's story so brilliantly with all of its twists and turns, in the same way that God has penned each and every one of our stories with every intricate detail that has formed. So the same way Rudolph's story was penned by his author, Robert May, our stories, our lives are penned by God, our creator. Let's look at what the Bible says about God penning our stories. Now, I work with the kids, and this is what we do in kids' church, because this is my, because this is my, you got to come on, you got to participate. This is my Bible. This is my 
<laughs> I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there. This is my Bible. Is everything in my Bible true? Just exactly the way the Bible says? Do you really believe that? All right. This is what I do with the kids every Sunday. So I'm going to do it again. Because this is my Bible. Very good. This is my Bible. And is everything in the Bible true? Yes. Exactly the way it says it is? Absolutely. And we do that every Sunday in Kids Church. And a lot of times in Kids Church, we're talking about Bible stories. So then I proceed to say, you know, this is going to be super, really exciting. But it happened just exactly like this because that's what the Bible tells us. But there's also promises in the Bible. There's also things in the Bible that aren't just Bible stories that we have to know and believe and trust to be true. In the same way, I teach those kids every Sunday that those facts of those stories are the truth. So in that same way, we have to take these promises that God says about our lives and believe them to be true. If we're going to say the Bible is true and everything in it is true, then these promises about our lives are true as well. Jeremiah 1.5 says that God knew you before you were even born. Psalms 139 verse 13 says, for he created my innermost parts. He knit me together in my mother's womb. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God has plans for you, and they're good plans. They're plans to prosper you and to see you succeed. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, if we trust in him, he will make our path straight. He'll make it clear. He'll make us know that that's exactly the road we should be taking. Proverbs, that's the book of wisdom. We take that wisdom, we, we take it in. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have, whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful servants of God's grace in its various forms. Right there, it tells us that each of us have gifts from God. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace that's given to each of us. We're going to talk a little bit more about those gifts in just a little bit. We all have different gifts, but we do all have gifts and talents given to us from God. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We will come back to that one as well. But my whole, my main verse for today is Romans 8:28. Most of you probably know this verse. This is the verse that we talk about a lot. But again, do we truly believe it? Do we really, really know it to be true. Romans 8:28 says that God works all things together for the good to those that serve and love him. So do we know that to be true in our lives? Let's go back to Rudolph. Rudolph's story starts with his birth. Let's see. Let's see what happens at Rudolph's birth. Let's watch this clip. Well, now let me tell you about Rudolph. It all started a couple of years before the big snow. It was springtime, and Santa's lead reindeer, Donner, had just become a proud papa. Nah, we'll, we'll call him Rudolph. Rudolph is a lovely name. Rudolph. Hey, he knows his name already. got a shiny nose. It's a, it's a shiny? I'd even say it glow. Well, we'll simply have to overlook it. Now how can you overlook that? His beak blinks like a blinking beacon. 
<laughs> well, Donner, where's the new member of the family? After all, if he's going to be on my team someday, he'd better get to know me. <laughs> well, hi there. Aren't you the sturdy little fellow? <laughs> Santa. <laughs> and smart, too. Great bouncing iceberg. Now, I'm sure it'll stop as soon as he grows up, Santa. Well, let's hope so if he wants to make the sleigh team someday. You see, little fellow, every year I shine up my jingle bells for eight lucky reindeer. So quickly after Rudolph's birth, they discovered his big shining talent, his shiny red nose. People didn't take to his shiny red nose very well. But we, because we know the end of Rudolph's story, we know that Rudolph's shiny red nose is the gift that ended up saving Christmas. But when Rudolph was born, that gift didn't seem so grand or glorious. That gift didn't seem like it was going to save anybody or anything. They wanted it hidden. They wanted him to grow out of it. They did not want it to be seen by others. We go back to those verses that tell us we all have talents and gifts that are given to us by God. They might be big ones or small ones. They might be glorious or not so glorious. But God has placed them there for just the right time so that he can bring them forth and he can have the glory for the talents and the gifts that he's given to us. In the same way that we know the end of Rudolph's story and how his shiny red nose ends up being what saves Christmas, it becomes the invaluable gift that he was given at birth. God knows the end of our stories, and God knows where our talents and our gifts are going to be used in a great and a mighty way for his glory. Our talents may not come shining through in all their glory as so quickly after our birth as Rudolph's did, but over time, we will each discover the talents that God has placed within us. Our talents can be very visible in public. Our talents can be very quiet and private. Some people have the talent of singing and preaching, and everybody gets to see them, and everybody gets to glory in all of their talent. Others have the talent of writing or encouragement, something that may not be broadcast so strongly to everybody. Some people may have the gift of gab. Let me tell you, if you don't know by yet, I have the gift of gab. <laughs> I do not have the gift of public speaking, but I have the gift of gab. When I was a child and I had the gift of gab in my classrooms and my teachers sent notes home to my parents all the time, you know, my parents didn't think my gift of gab was so glorious. But as I've gotten older and I use my gift of gab to be able to teach children about the gospel of Jesus, my gift has become much more valuable in my later years. You may have a gift of creativity or of just intelligence to be able to figure things out and know how things work and run. You may have the gift of prayer. This is another one that I struggle with. Some of you can pray for hours, and I love that. I love that you can do that and that you can just reach the throne for people. My mind is all over the place. <laughs> I had to get one of those devotional books. They're called a busy mom devotional book. So in the column, there's a place to jot things down. So when my mind starts to wander, I can jot it down real quick and get back to focusing on my devotional. 
Like, that's how my mind is going. And so prayer for me is usually as I go. As I'm driving down the road, I'm praying for whatever I'm thinking about or I'm praying for the people that are coming to mind or things like that. And so some of you have the gift of prayer where you can spend hours and hours connecting with God and praying for people. Some of you have spiritual gifts, gifts of discernment and healing and wisdom and prophecy and things like that. Some of our gifts come very naturally. They just happen. We just have them. They just are easy for us to do and don't take much practice or much honing and on. Other gifts take work to develop. Maybe you have the desire to play the guitar and you just can't naturally do that. But you know what? God's given you that desire to want to do that so that he can hone that gift in on you, so that he can give you that talent. It may take some work and you may have to develop it and you may have to learn to be good at it. But God's given you that desire to put that talent and that gift in you. Either way, God puts them in there naturally or through having to work for them. God gives us those talents. In Proverbs chapter 37, verse 4, the Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. And I think a lot of times because we're humans, because we're fleshly, because we think about ourselves first... I think this verse means to us that whatever I want, God's going to give me, right? He's like the Santa in the sky. Whatever my heart desires, God's going to send down and give to me. But I think if we look at this verse from God's perspective, this verse really means that God's going to put those desires in your heart. That if we trust in God, if we follow him, if we seek him and delight in his ways, God will give us the desires of our heart. That means he's going to put desires in there to do the things that he has for you to do. So when a boy or a girl has the desire to go into the medical field or they have the desire to play the guitar, I believe that God has put those desires deep down in their heart so that they will go in that path that he has for them. So one of the ways that God puts our lives together, that God weaves our story together the same way that Rudolph's story is weaved together is by those gifts and talents that he's given to us by those desires that he's given us in our heart. Another way that God weaves our stories together is by the people, the people around us, the people that we come in contact with throughout our lives. So a lot of times in the story of Rudolph, we don't think about all these people. Look up there. How many of those people do you think you could actually name or know who they're, what part of the story they are? Maybe briefly. Yeah, I kind of remember he's in there. But they all actually have very, um, very big parts of the end story of Rudolph. So what about you? Who are the people in your life? Who are the people that have come along your path? Maybe presently, maybe in the past, maybe they're still to come. That have influenced you, that are your people, that are surrounding you. Let's talk about some of Rudolph's people. Clarice, that was his little adoring doe friend that thought he was wonderful even with his shiny red nose she loved and adored him either when even when others did not we all need those people in our lives we all need those people that encourage us and are on our side no matter what they're the ones that are there for us and helping us along then we have santa santa in this story didn't believe in rudolph He didn't really think a whole lot of Rudolph's bright, shiny red nose. He actually thought it was quite a nuisance. And we're going to have those people in our lives too. 
Hate to tell you, teenagers, but they don't go away after high school. They're there all along the road. But we have to be able to live with those people. We have to be able to show Jesus to those people, even when they're not believing in us the way Clarice believes in him. The misfit toys. Rudolph left his village because of his shiny nose, and he travels and he meets up with the misfit toys on the Isle of Misfit Toys. Those were his people. They were misfits. They had something different about them the same way Rudolph had something different about him. Maybe in high school you found your people, you found your clique, and you finally thought, this is where I fit in. I'm an athlete or a nerd or a band person or, you know, wherever your clique was, wherever you hit the ground, maybe it was college, maybe it wasn't even until you got into your career that you really feel like you found your people. Um, But we got to have those people. We got to surround ourselves with those people that are our people. Yukon Cornelius. Let's talk about him. He came along Rudolph's path. Rudolph didn't really think much of him. Rudolph just kind of went along the journey with him, didn't really befriend him necessarily, didn't really not like him or like him. Kind of like maybe a boss or a coworker, somebody that's just kind of there. They're just kind of a part of your life. But Rudolph would later come to realize that Yukon taught him many, many valuable lessons, one of which was how to fight Bumbly, the big abominable snowman. Yukon was the one that helped him learn the ins and outs about Bumbly. He was the one that helped him learn how to do that. So Yukon ended up playing a much bigger part in Rudolph's life than I think Rudolph probably realized along the road. Those are the people that are just there that come back to mind later on. In the end, all of these people come back into Rudolph's life and are a critical part to the end of Rudolph's story. Just as the people in our lives God puts there for this season or for the next season, people that come to mind when something happens and you think back to, oh, they would know, oh, they could help me, oh, they have that connection. Maybe you're looking for a job. I often pray for people that they have divine interventions, that God gives them divine appointments with people, that he lines up your paths just right, that you cross paths with the right person at the right time in your life. And so that's another part of our lives that God intertwines those people throughout our stories to help us. The last one that I'm going to talk about is our experiences. The last thing that God brings into our story that helps put it all together is our experiences. Maybe you've lived long enough to have one of those moments when you saw how God had weaved every experience into your life for this very moment to make his plan happen. How that skill you learned at a job years ago that seemed so useless and you thought you would never use it, how it's come back to serve you so well later in life. Or maybe a friend that you long lost touch with and that something happens and you immediately think of them because you know they would be able to help you. A lesson learned through a tragedy that you would later be able to help someone else through a tragedy or help yourself through another tragedy. Maybe it was a blessing. Maybe God brought a blessing into your life so that as you go through life, you remember that God is always there to provide for you. I know there was one Christmas that Jason and I, we were young, we had kids, and we couldn't provide Christmas for our kids. We didn't have the means. And I'm still going to cry on this story. 
Um, I mean, this was years ago, but there was a knock on our door one night. And we were like, who's at the door? Nobody really comes to our door unannounced. And we went to the door, and there was an envelope of money taped on our front door so we could provide Christmas for our children. And that was God's blessing to us, and we often use that story to tell other people, God will provide. God has people. If you're those people, you need to be those people as well to provide those blessings to people. And so it's one of the stories, it's one of the many stories that Jason and I hold on to in our life to know that God will always provide for us. That God is always there and he's watching out for you. So the experiences that we have, the skills that we pick up on, the people that have come along our way, all these things that God has orchestrated in our lives to make this beautiful tapestry that he is creating. So it might be your talents and your gifts. It might be the people that have come in your path. It might be the experiences that you have. But God will bring all of those together for one special shining moment, just as he did for Rudolph. So where will we see those come together? We might see those come together through a hardship a hardship, or a trial, a tough spot. None of us want that. We don't want to have to face those tough spots. We all want to live on the mountaintop all the time. But... Most of us probably don't remember that at the end of the story, Rudolph had a really, really tough battle before he saved Christmas. We don't want to remember that part. We want to remember the glorious part and how Rudolph was the hero. But at the end of the story, before the big snowstorm hits, Rudolph's family has gone looking for him. And they ultimately have to be rescued from Bumbley, that abominable snowman. And so Rudolph has to go out and find his family, and they find him in Bumbley's cave. And all of Rudolph's friends, all of those people that have come into his path along the way, the misfit toys and Yukon, and all of those people show up to help Rudolph save his family from the abominable snow monster. They all come back together to be able to help Rudolph through this tough time, through this tragedy, through this trial that he's facing. And so that's where God has weaved our lives together and brought those people back for a time that we might need them like that. We don't always remember this part of the story because we don't like that part of the story. We all want to be in the triumph. But let's remember what God says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God says that he has a plan for us. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Again, that is a promise in God's word. So if we're going to believe all the rest, we have to believe that too. That God has a plan for our lives. And that's why he's weaving all of this together in such a beautiful way. The other verse is Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 is a very familiar verse that most of us know, and it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to the, them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together. That doesn't mean a few things. It doesn't mean the good things. It means the hard things. It means when we strayed off the path and we weren't doing the right thing. God's going to bring that back around to be used in the beautiful tapestry of our life. God's going to bring that back around to be a beautiful part of our story, whether it's the good or the bad. 
Now let's talk about the good. Rudolph did turn out to be the hero. The other way that we see God bringing everything back together for his glory is through our triumphs. These are the ones that we all enjoy. These are the ones we want to talk about because we get to be the heroes. Rudolph's gift, the circumstances around him, and the connections that he had made with the people at Christmastown, otherwise known as the North Pole, all came together on one fateful night to allow Rudolph to save Christmas for the entire world. Let's see how it happened. Papa, eat. Oh, can I eat? That silly elf song is driving me crazy. You're going to disappoint the children. They expect a fat Santa. Latest weather report, sir. Well, this is it. The storm won't subside by tonight. We, we'll have to cancel Christmas. Papa, are you sure? Everything's grounded. Oh. Oh, the poor kids. They've been so good this year, too. But I couldn't chance it. I'll have to tell everybody that it's all off this year. Quiet, please, everybody, quiet. Quiet. I've got some bad news, folks. Christmas is going to be canceled. There's nothing I can do. This weather... Yeah, Rudolph, Rudolph, please, could you tone it down a bit? I mean, that nose of yours, uh, that nose, that beautiful, wonderful nose. Huh? Rudolph, Christmas is not off, and you're going to lead my team. I am? Yes, sir, you and that wonderful nose of yours. My nose, sir? Oh, 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 from what I see now, that'll cut through the murkiest storm they can dish up. What I'm trying to say is, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It will be an honor, sir. <laughs> I knew that nose would be useful someday. I knew it all along. And so it happens. The critics come back around once you're in the glory, right? <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Um, so that was, that was Rudolph's shining moment. That's the moment we remember. That's what we know Rudolph for is that shining moment. But it took all those parts of his story to come together to get to that shining moment. Your shining moment may come day to day. Your shining moment can come with your children when you're trying to deal with them and you feel like you're just going to lose your mind. <laughs> Your shining moment may come in a big, grandiose moment like Rudolph's did when you get to save Christmas one day. But I want to point you to a Bible story. We've talked about Rudolph and we've talked about his story and how his author, you know, intricated, intricate, put all his intricate details together the same way that our author, that God, the creator of our life, has put our details together. But let's talk about a specific person in the Bible as we conclude that really, really shows this, that you can really see the way that God weave their life together for such a time as this. My favorite Bible story in the whole, my favorite Bible story in the whole Bible is the book of Esther. Esther's life is an exact example of how God weaved together all the details. She started as an orphan. She had no parents. She had to be adopted by her uncle, who was a crucial person in her life later on. 
She had to go and be a part of this beauty pageant that she didn't want to be a part of. She had to become a queen where she didn't want to be, right? But even the fact that God made her beautiful made her be chosen to be the queen. So in Esther's life, God was in every detail, every person, every experience. He weaved it all together. And in the end, in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, it says, you were created for such a time as this. And Esther went on to save her people. If you don't know the story, if you haven't read it lately, I challenge you to read the book of Esther this week. Watch the, watch the movie Rudolph if you haven't watched it yet this year. That's a Christmas must. you got to do that. But my challenge to you is to read the book of Esther and see how God weaved her story together. And then look at your own life and see how God's weaving your story together. Maybe you've already seen places and ways and things that have come around where you're like, wow, God knew all those years ago that I was going to need that now. And so you've already seen God weaving your life together. Maybe it's yet to come. But right now, in whatever you're in, whether you're in a hardship or you're in a triumph, whether you have great and amazing friends or you're surrounded by the annoying ones that don't believe in you, wherever you're at right now in your life today, you have to trust that God knows, that God knows the end of your story, that God knows how all of these details are ultimately going to come together to make your moment for such a time as this that you've been created for. It's not going to be with a bright, shiny nose saving Christmas, as Rudolph says. But God's going to give you that moment. And again, that moment right now may be in the everyday. It may be in going into work and being the light in your office. It may be not losing your mind with those toddlers every day. It may be having your husband be retired and not killing him every day, you know. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) But whatever your shining moments are... You have to know that God has weaved them all together for such a time as this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you that we can see this message in Rudolph, but we can also see this message in your word. The promises that you've given to us, that you know the plans that you have for us that all things work together for the good, that you give each of us talents according to what our abilities are. These are promises from you. Not only do you give us those promises, you give us an example in the story of Esther and how you weaved every intricate detail together in her life, how you pulled it all together, the people and the experiences and the gifts and the talents that you had given to her. I just pray that we see our lives that way. I pray that we wouldn't be in the molly grubs. We wouldn't be upset at ourselves. We would know that God is weaving our lives together in a great and a mighty way. Help us to see our shining moments. Help us to see the times that for such a time as this, you've created us. Help us to live in those moments and know that you're there with us. I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Well, this is what I'm going to end you with because this is what I wish for you. And this is the end of Rudolph. This is how it ends, is that you have a holly jolly Christmas. I think we have one more clip. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. 
I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you, kiss her once for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and in case you didn't hear, oh by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year. A holly jolly Christmas, and in case you didn't hear, oh by golly, have a holly. You know, I remember that story she was telling about that envelope, and really, that's a lot of my heart. That's why I, I want to be generous because I know what it's like. We know what it's like to suffer, and then for God to step onto the picture. And for many of you, you're the answer to someone else's prayer. And we say this a lot here at this church that out of our greatest pains, Come our greatest ministry opportunities. And so the only question I want to leave you with just for a few moments here, we're going to do one little uh, course of worship. I just want to give you something to think about from Amy's message that the Lord spoke to me, is what is God preparing for 2023? We have a few short days. We're going to start a brand new year. And the question is, is what is God preparing us for? I know some of you in this room, you're going through the struggles. Some of you in this room, you're in the greatest time of your life. But how many of y'all know we're here to do one thing, and that's to represent Jesus and to make his light shine through us. Because you never know, like Amy said today, the smile, the pat on the back, that prayer, that kind note, that gift that you have, you never know how it will impact someone's life. So I'm just going to pray over you. We're going to sing, and then we'll be dismissed for the day. But Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts, God. I thank you for the skills, the talents, and abilities that you've given to each of us. And Lord, I know as a pastor, as I look across this congregation, many of these people have impacted my life, God. Many of them have been there at the right moment, and they are still there at the right moments to keep this pastor encouraged. But God, I just pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that we will use our giftings and our abilities and our talents to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that the experiences that we go through, that even the hard ones, that we forgive and let go of bitterness. But God, we look at those things and say, Lord, how can I grow and how can I help others that are in these similar situations? But Lord, we're not here, like Amy said, with a red nose, but God, we are here to do one thing and that's the shine of light of Jesus Christ. And so Lord, in every area of our life, I pray that your light is shining from us. And so God, I pray a blessing on every person in this room, those watching online, I pray a blessing over them. And God, I pray that this will be the greatest Christmas that we have all had. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let me invite you to stand up, and let's just take a few moments to, to think on the Lord, and then we'll be dismissed.